The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. This show brought to you by Jersey Ninja. New items added weekly, superior quality products, excellent selection, competitive pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's Jersey Ninja at jerseyninja.com. Your source for great quality hockey jerseys and performance wear products. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? To another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. How are you doing, Derek? Uh, all right. Got myself a bit of a cold, so uh gonna try not to sniffle too much on uh, on Mike, but we'll see. Well, you know, if you got sniffle, you sniffle. <laughs> uh we have a special guest this week. Oh yes. Uh new friend for me. Um Fairly recent new friend, which we, the, the chatting and everything is really developed and uh, mm-hmm. will be like yourself. I'm going to be helping him and his father uh, start up a podcast. i will be there to, oh, nice. to help bounce ideas and uh, tech technical stuff or whatnot. Um, but he is, if I get this right, I'm wrong. He's going to put me into a triangle chokehold. So um <laughs> He is an equipment coordinator for the UFC. Mm-hmm, that's correct. And the voice you just heard is Chris Mellant. Hello, everyone. Thank you to Mike and Derek for having me on. I appreciate oh, it's it. A pleasure. Certainly. It's been a while since we've had a sports personality, even behind the scenes type sports personality on the show. I think the last time we well, had someone on was uh, either Christopher Daniels or Sean Hernandez from, TNA, from at the time TNA Wrestling. Mm. Sean, I'm I'm real good friends with. So, um, I guess to get started, what mm. is an equipment coordinator with the UFC? So it's basically, you know, I call it to kind of like dumb it down a little bit. We call ourselves the fashion police. <laughs> so uh, basically, what we do is, you know, make sure these athletes, you know, including corners, coaches, all these, all you know, these type of people, they're outfitted and they're in our branded clothing for the, throughout their, you know, media liabilities, fight night, you know, weigh-ins, all that stuff, down to the underwear. We're basically there making sure they're compliant with all the rules and regulations that come with the outfitting so they can get, you know, their compliance pay and don't get, you know, written up or in trouble with any of those parts. So when the women do their weigh-ins and strip down to nothing, there's UFC compliant pasties. Um, not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> but now something but, to think about. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's more of a, you know, we, they, we give them bra and underwear, all that stuff. And if they do, if any fighter has to strip down, they go way in on their underwear first. And then a little curtain is brought so they can change underneath it. And they have to put their hands up, basically implying they're not holding on to the curtain right. to take away weight. That makes sense. But everything beforehand is all client. Yes, exactly. So um, we were chatting a little bit before show. You've been with the UFC two and a half years now? Yeah, two and a half, almost three years. Prior to, you worked in the NFL. Yes, I did. I did. I worked. How long were you in the in the NFL? So, I mean, I like to say like six, seven years, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was kind of, you know, 
born into you know sporting equipment kind of deal because my obviously my father who is the equipment manager for the browns you know he's retiring a bit but uh he kind of got me into that and brought me in at a young age and greatest football team greatest football fan base in the exactly exactly i can i can second that for sure (laughs) sorry derek whatever (laughs) hey i know we have no super bowls Mm -hmm. but we still have two championships we do indeed two championships we got to claim those for as long as we can until we win one so plus the high school i graduated from one of our most notable names, alumni, was drafted, but unfortunately passed away of leukemia before he played with the Browns. As oh, that's, that sucks. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I went to the same high I I was a I am an alumni of the same high school. Obviously many years difference, but with mm-hmm. Davis. So heck of a name. And uh actually had oh. teachers who knew Ernie when he was a student. That's crazy. I have a little fun there. Um the town I grew up in, the town next to the town I grew up in, where I met my wife, Lemonster, Massachusetts. One of the one of the players on the Kansas City Chiefs is actually from that town. The town where my wife's from. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, I've never met him, but <laughs> non now non Browns related. The at this point in time, the only player who's not a Brown whose jersey I would wear. And it'd be either the Giants or the Dolphins, two NFL teams he played for. Larry Sanka, as my grandmother taught him, was his eighth grade English teacher when he was at Stowe, Ohio. Oh, really? Right down the road. That's crazy. So, wow. And uh, they are were family friends uh, with my with my dad and my grandmother. Um, I am trying to reestablish some sort of connection to the family, Sanka family. Mm-hmm. Um, a little hard to do, but I keep dropping <laughs> Mrs. Emke's my was my grandmother. Oh wow! But um, no, he he is the only non-Browns player uh, at this stage of my life. I would get a jersey for. It would have to be one of his jerseys from the era he played. And when did he play? Uh that's a good question. No, he he played. I can age myself real quick. <laughs> You're old. We already know. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm probably up there with your dad. And <laughs> I would be shocked if your dad was old. Or, okay, when I say older, I'm talking more than five years old. I never say my dad's age because then he'll get mad at me. So yeah. I just never want to. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll save it for off. That way it's not on record. He won't kill either one of us. Uh, he, he would kill me for sure. <laughs> Larry Sanka. He played. Um, it was a 1968 first round eighth pick for the Dolphins. Played for the Dolphins from 68 to 74. Then played for the Memphis Southmen in the World Memphis Football League. Southmen. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, World Football League, 75. Went to the Giants from 76 to 78 and then retired. Played one last year and retired with the Dolphins in 79. Okay. And in 79, won NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Wow. Is there any way you could find a jersey for him? Uh, they're out there somewhere. Uh, I, I'm sure Fanatics or, or Nike, which we'll, we'll talk about Fanatics here in a minute. Yeah, here later in the show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure one of them is doing a throwback look to his jersey. Oh, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. that's the case, yeah. Uh, it's trying to find out exactly what his Giants look was. Okay. Because, well, we know the Giants. They had mm-hmm. practice jerseys for game jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you were, you were saying with your dad being uh, the Browns equipment manager, I'm not going to say where in the equipment staff is to try and pre- preserve that mystique a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you, you were kind of almost, almost want to say a locker room rat? Yeah, bit. almost, you know. Uh, so like I said, like I probably started when I was 14 or 15 years old. So I would basically be there, not even getting paid sometimes just to help out. Cause you know, it's something I just like to do. And, you know, I didn't have anything else better to do at that age. So, um, I'd go around, you know, do laundry, um, you know, clean up the locker room. So yeah, I basically was kind of a little locker room rat at that age for sure. Didn't have to worry about paying for NFL games and you had the best one, of the best seats in the house. Oh, I know. And my if dad's promise. Over, of, if you could see over the guys. <laughs> exactly. My dad's promise was always, you know, hey, if you're, if you're not getting paid, I'll get you McDonald's on the way home. And that was, that was good enough for me. <laughs> Chicken nuggies. Works for me. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't, miss, can't miss out on those. <laughs> um, 
So at what point did you realize, okay, I want to get into equipment staff because I mean, from here you got football, but there's also hockey, baseball, basketball. Mm -hmm. How did you know which, which realm and how do you go about studying for a degree in it? If you, if you went down that road. That's a, that's a great question. So originally when I went to school, I went for criminal justice because I, you know, I worked in, in sports for a while, obviously, before I went to school and I started in criminal justice and I just realized, you know, I've already done this sports stuff. I feel like I feel like it'd be easier kind of, I guess, to get a degree and stuff I already knew. So oh, criminal kind justice, of switched. psychology, working with pro athletes, it's all the same. Exactly. And, you know, I had I had one instance where uh, where I went on a ride along and we ended up getting in an accident when you're trying to catch a criminal, that's a story for another time, but it kind of didn't scare me, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this at, you know, two in the morning every night and all, all that stuff. So I uh, just went back to school and changed my major to sports management and started working with the football team in uh, Bowling Green, Ohio. Okay. And I guess that kind of, you know, being, being an equipment guy at the NFL level first and then the college level, it kind of, help me out and like help out their staff about how, you know, an NFL team is run equipment wise and kind of apply that knowledge I already had in my younger years to, uh, to that. So. Okay. I, I, I can relate to that. Um, in high mm -hmm. school, I was part of a uh, professional off-Broadway production in upstate New York. And that's how mm -hmm. I got into the entertainment business. And then went off to college to fine-tune and you know, get my degree or my education more in a specialized craft within. Uh -huh. and being there as a freshman going, um, you know, being told, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. I'm like, but what if you can't? It won't work. But what if it does work? It won't work. But what if it does? And I have the the plant the the plots and everything to in video evidence to prove it. See me after class. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm kind of sure very similar things. Like well, when I worked with the Browns, we did this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it was a lot more accepted or appreciated at Bowling mm -hmm. Green because of exactly. that experience. Yeah, it, it was it was a wild time for sure. But, you know, I'm grateful for my time there. And, you know, it was best years of your life. That's what they always say, you know, about college. So so after college, you went back for a small stint with the Browns? Yeah. So I really didn't know what I was going to do. And I guess I always had my dad as a, a safety line, safety net. And, you know, I just figured I got to step out of my comfort zone at one time. You know, I can't do this forever. So I kind of just... Got an, got an interview with the UFC and uh, they offered the job and I was really reluctant to take it because I'm not, I wasn't usually a person who was comfortable about that kind of stuff. And I always, you know, was scared. So I'm glad I finally stepped out of my comfort zone and just moved across the country. I mean, if you told me I was going to do this, you know, five years ago, I would say you're out of your mind. But I guess what I've always been told is by, you know, one of my coaches in high school, he always said, if you're not comfortable in the uncomfortable, then you're really not comfortable at all. So, so how, besides being fashion police, as you put it, mm -hmm. um, how much different is the, the UFC compared to the NFL uh, outside of the obvious of, oh, there's more equipment, physical equipment, mm -hmm. the athletes mm -hmm. wear in the two sports. Uh, well, there's no laundry. Thank goodness. I had plenty. I had plenty of time doing that type of stuff. So I'm glad I got rid of that. It's more of each fighter corners, whatever. They get a new bag every time they every week, basically when they fight. So a fighter in a corner probably get 10 to 12 different bags a year. So it's, oh, wow. it's more of, it's more of getting shipments in, packing the bags for them and they get new stuff every fight week. So if a fighter on average fights three times a year, he'll get three bags or there's some corners who basically corner different people every week. So they have probably 40 of these bags in their closet. So, so when you say bags, you're talking like a duffel bag that will be yes. sent to them that has for the fighter, his fight shorts of preference, be it loose or compression, uh, all training gear. So basically we reach out to them a month or so prior to their fights we get all their information, like what country they want to represent in their fight kit, 
what color fight short they want. And the fight short color is affiliated with the country that they pick to represent. So for example, if you want to represent USA, the fight short options are blue, black, and white. Hmm. So there's one main color for each country that's represented on the fight kit. And then there's always black or white options, but basically, you know, we check them in fight week, you know, we make sure these are your corners. This is the country you pick. These are the fight shorts. If you want to try them on, you can try on your gloves, all that stuff. And then they get a bag that's for fight week stuff. The fight week gear is used for media obligations, weigh-ins, all those activities. And then fight night, um, well, throughout the week, we'll press, you know, their names, their country crest on all their gear. And then we lay that out on fight night. So that way, you know, they don't have to worry about having it in their bag, losing it. So it's already at the arena. So, so you're already in the locker room before they arrive. Everything's laid out where Mm -hmm. they want it to be, or, or or do you guys pick where in their locker room it's laid out? We kind of pick based on who fights first or, um, who fights last, all that kind of stuff. So, it's basically wherever we want to put them, but you know, that will move around regardless. So there's nothing you can really do to right. keep them in one place. So, so there's more than one fighter in the locker, in the same locker room. It, it varies from different locations, but most of the time, yes, there's up to six, the same time, maybe in there, but there's also six mats. So they can all warm up at the same time. Oh, wow. Only imagine six different personalities in one locker room. How something um, more doesn't break out. And especially, you know, when it's, Oh, that guy in that corner speaks Russian. That guy speaks Mandarin, and that guy speaks Portuguese. And then there's an English guy in there. It's so the language barrier is a whole different thing. Wow. Do do you do you have to fulfill any uh, special requests from any of the fighters or anything? Uh, it's yes. So if they want to walk out with a prop or a flag, we have to make sure the flag, is, which is a really big deal, matches the country approved artwork. Because, you know, if that flag doesn't match or it's, it's a flag we don't allow, then, you know, we get into trouble for it. Or it. Mm. So, so it can't be just a Russian fighter using walking out with the old Soviet Union flag. Oh, yeah. That's a huge no-no. <laughs> what, what's what been one of the craziest requests or craziest situations you've had to deal with in the UFC? Mm, wow. I figured... I can I can make this broad enough where it's not going to get get you in trouble with any fighter. Um, well, we one time we had a fighter who wanted to face off with his opponent with a fishing rod. That was a really crazy one, and <laughs> he was reluctant about giving that up. I mean, it was a it's a good stick and everything. He, uh, but obviously we wouldn't allow that. Like they're not allowed. We- I mean, we've had weapon requests. Like we're not going to let you with a weapon, dude. Oh yeah. Uh, there. I okay. I'll admit. With some of these weigh-ins, and whatnot, I, I've seen some of the craziness the fighters have. They're they're mm-hmm. serious, but they they just want to break up the levity. I guess mm-hmm. weigh in a little bit. They go, yeah, I'm I'm going to kick your butt, but you know, I want to goof around a little bit while we can. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Some are, di- I mean, they're different personalities, but they're all very crabby on those weigh-in days. So that's uh, for obvious reasons. Right. So. Being a behind-the-scenes guy, when you see one of those guys trying to cut up and 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 try and be a little loose, break the tension, break the mood. Um, do you? What, what are your thoughts when, when you see something like that happen? Even though it's been happening a little bit more and more recently, with all the craziness you're talking about. Yeah, just trying to cut the cut the tension and just trying I mean, to I, loosen. You know, everyone knows it's serious, but you know, it's way in. We're not in the fight yet. Let's just. I mean. Part of it, I feel like, is is kind of for show. I don't think it's all as serious as it really seems. You know, people will say say whatever they want on stage and then be like, oh, man, didn't mean it in that way, all that stuff. It's just because at the end of the day, it's a business, and they're going to do what they want to do to pr- promote their fight. Actually, no, I just thought of this because I speaking of YouTube, I, I just saw this on YouTube. Um, you guys just within the last six months, I believe, merged with WWE to become TKO Sports, is it or TKO Entertainment? Yeah, uh, it really has no effect on me. I mean, I mean, but well, that did in fact happen. I, I was gonna ask, um, 
Seth Rollins, who's one of the champions in WWE, uh, made some comments in regards to UFC fighters who wouldn't be able to, to handle it in a WWE ring. But in all fairness, he came out and said, you put me in the octagon, I'm out in two seconds. <laughs> Knock me out in two seconds. I'll last longer than CM Punk, but I'm yeah. not going to last the fight because it's two different things. Since that's come out, have you been around any of the fighters and has those comments been any any topics in the in the training areas and what what's been said I mean, that, that you could comfortably say i mean not to my knowledge i haven't heard anything about it but those comments are always kind of made not just with wwe but boxers who always say oh you can't come in box or boxers can't come in the ufc but you know we just recently had a ufc fighter go and box tyson fury and almost beat him arguably beat him so I think that debate, I, I think MMA athletes are the, the best athletes in the world. And I think, you know, they can do WWE or whatever and be fine. But, you know, I can't really speak right. more on it, but you know well, what I mean? I, I saw some people go, oh, Seth Rollins is bashing UFC. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think he was just going based on what he knew in the friends that he has in the UFC mm-hmm. that you know, because he obviously came out and you know said in the same same interview. Don't get me wrong. I go into the USC. I can't make it there. I mm-hmm. won't survive as a USC fighter. Um, because it, you know it, it's totally different. You know the cardio is different for one than the other. Okay, cool. It's almost like a, a sprinter versus a long distance run. Two different types Good of runners. So, um, what's been one of the most exciting, uh, I guess we'll, we'll use the, uh, WWE term, uh, paid live event, or I guess y'all still call it pay-per-view that, that you've been involved with. Well, there's been a lot of good ones, but I'd say personally, my favorite is the card we had last year in Utah. It was Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. It was the atmosphere. I don't know what it is with Salt Lake City, but that atmosphere is one of the best I've been a part of. And that main event for as long as it lasted was amazing and just ended with one of the best knockouts I've ever seen. And I was sitting cage side for it, luckily. And I was just, my jaw was on the floor because someone like Dustin Poirier doesn't really get finished. And especially in that type of fashion. So that was very, very exciting. So, okay. Sorry, Derek. If I, I seem like I'm dominating this part of it. Um, I was going to say, um, is there for you? Is there much of a difference between the pay per views and, and a non pay per view per view event? Or um, obviously, like the events, because we have a bunch of events at the Apex, which you know is a very limited crowd. Those those events kind of they're not as full as as much energy as pay per views or fight nights on the road. Mm. But yeah, you definitely know you definitely see a difference at the location you're at with a pay per view crowd versus a fight night crowd because we call the fight the non pay per view events fight nights. Mm. And those events kind of take place in not lesser known cities, but less you know popular cities like right. you know New Newark, New Jersey, Salt Lake City, and then the pay per views we have you know Las Vegas, obviously New York, um, the one this weekend in Anaheim. So yeah, you definitely notice a difference with the buzz of the crowd, the buzz of the fighters, and just the overall excitement for the event, I guess. Well, since we're talking to you tonight, are you not involved with the Anaheim event? No, I am not. I'm not involved this week, but next week I got to travel to, well, actually Sunday, I'm traveling to Mexico City. We have a, a an event there. So looking forward to that. Okay. So there, I'm assuming then there's a, a team of y'all and it rotate. Y'all are put on a rotation. We're going to need you guys for this group, this, this team for this event. Yeah, get, exactly. Give like y'all that. time to almost like mm-hmm. a, a production planner in or entertainment planner in the entertainment industry where you've got time to, to build the event and then see it all the way through and not get pu- and only get pulled in case in, if there's an illness or something with someone on say the Anaheim crew this weekend. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a rotational base, but sometimes it does kind of not suck, but it's inconvenient. The one time I had to fly all the way to uh, Singapore, come back to Vegas for four or five days and then go all the way out to Sydney, Australia. So that was, that we, those few weeks were not fun. I got sick and it was just overall, just not a fun time. Uh, speaking of Sydney, a friend of mine who does pyro for WWE is in Perth 
right now uh, setting up for elimination chamber. Oh wow, that's Perth is. If you think if you think of Sydney as far away, Perth is further away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a tough place to get to. Um, so you were you were talking about uh, the one fight that you were at cage level. Mm-hmm. Are you assigned a specific on fight? Let's say fight night. Are you assigned a specific, a specific location to stay for the whole evening or is it you're assigned to a, a, a team? Uh, how does it work? So usually, you know, two people get split up, like covering the walking, the red corner and the blue corner people. And there's usually a person by the octagon at all times just to ensure that, you know, if chaos broke loose for a fight short rips or a glove rips or something of that nature, that they're there with extra shorts just to, you know, put out that fire immediately. And then there's other people that will kind of just float around help out when needed. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. Sometimes, you know, I'll have to collect fight worn gear from the athletes, which is, getting them to sign something that they wore out to the octagon. Okay. Now with, with a emergency, is this something where you're there with a spare pair of their fight shorts and they just put it on over what they are currently wearing or. So our emergency action plan is if a short rips, we have a towel in our, we call it the octagon bag and we'll wrap a towel around the athlete have them slip off the ones that are ripped and just throw on a brand new pair. Okay. Now there, there's not a scenario of if they're a, I just want to say compression short guy, the compression short rips they have as an option to do a loose short. That can't happen during the fight. They have to swap for whatever they, they entered the ring. They, cause we, yeah, because we usually have like the Octagon bag is just a backup of each fighter's short. So if he wasn't a tight short, um, we have a backup tight short for that said fighter. Does that happen often? It has not happened ever since I worked here. Hope I didn't jinx it. But, <laughs> but no, no, we haven't had In any Mexico emergencies City. of that nature. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows what Mexico City. Now, would one of those instances be a fighter wearing white shorts and totally brown stripes the back of his shorts? Would that constitute a, a cause for a change? I mean, no, not our problem. You know, they did it to themselves. (laughs) So when you're at the cage, what has been one of the craziest things that you've had to deal with besides Joe Rogan? Uh, I I haven't really had any crazy. I mean, I did. uh, I was in Singapore cage side and Holloway, Max Holloway knocked out the Korean zombie, which also is one of the best atmospheres I've been around. Because it was Korean zombies retirement and walks out to the song Zombie by the Cran- the Cranberries. Oh, cool. And the whole crowd was just singing, just singing it. And it was, you know, I got chills, but then he got knocked out and Max Holloway like jumped right over me to get to his wife. <laughs> so that, that, that was pretty crazy. But other than that, I have really nothing, thank God. Now, going back to the, the Browns, what was one of the craziest things that you dealt with on the sidelines? Um, well, one instance comes to mind. It's not necessarily crazy. It's just me being dumb. But so when we, we played the Steelers in that playoff game we were talking about earlier, where we, you know. Yeah, yeah, 2020. Yeah. Yeah, we beat them up pretty bad, and that was awesome. But the first play of the game, the fumble goes over Ben Roethlisberger's head. We score in the yeah. end zone. I'm so hyped up. I'm just, you know dapping everybody up and then i realized i'm like oh crap i gotta get to the field goal net and get the ball and give it back to the ref because i was ball boy that game (laughs) and yeah i caught an earful from that from the referee and (laughs) yeah so that was pretty pretty crazy those referees don't hold back on on you for sure really (laughs) oh no they let you have it even when i was doing it when i was 15 years old i'm just a little kid doing it for my first couple times, you know, they'll give you an earful. They don't. They don't care about age. Age there. So, so I'll, I'll go two parter on this. Favorite fighter 
in the UFC and favorite player in the NFL, be it Browns or visiting team? Because I'm assuming you you may have worked every now and then visiting team locker room. Yeah. Because uh, I know with hockey, uh, a friend of mine was with Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, mm-hmm. was their truck guy, and also handled visiting team when they came in. Okay. Um, favorite player, favorite fighter, NFL and UFC that you've personally worked with, that you enjoy working with? So I, I can't really give a favorite UFC fighter to work with. That'd be kind of unfair, but I, I like them all. Um, as for favorites to watch, I can give you that. Uh, Justin Gaethje, you know, he's just a guy who just bites down the mouthpiece and just keeps throwing, doesn't care about getting knocked out. Just want, just puts on a show for the fans every time. And, you know, he's a warrior. So that'd probably be my favorite UFC fighter. I can, I can speak on, you know, my favorite NFL player and that's David and Joku, uh, me and David, you know, still talk every now and then. And he, I was there what his rookie year when I was, you know, a lot younger and kind of watched him, you know, grow up and, I was growing up at the same time and just seeing how we handled things and just, you know, we became friends out of it. And I was really happy to see him be in the pro bowl this year. Yep. It was well-deserved. So down, down yeah, he's definitely, definitely up there he's mm-hmm. here in my neck of the woods. Oh yeah, he was. So yeah, I was glad to see, uh, we actually say we, we talked about this poor show too. It, it's it's kind of hard. You know, Browns fans. We, we are quarterback our team well yeah even though we don't play we it's a love love kill relationship with the team we love the team but we also love to kill the team at times too uh, mm-hmm. i think any any fanatic uh there you probably say it's the same way up in your neck oh, of the yeah. words with the patriots oh yeah <laughs> so um i mean for for uh you know we were talking before show um being a fandom of a, a fan of a team or of a sport that's geek culture just like being oh, a definitely. fan yeah. of you know a film franchise or different franchises i mean it's the, it's the mm-hmm. same thing because yeah, especially especially if you you know the guys the, the people who pay attention to all the stats or you know the fantasy leagues and everything it's all the same thing yeah. i definitely agree with that i definitely agree with that i i'm a stats fan myself but i will say when once fantasy football starts and i you know, suck at the beginning. I'm done. I'm not going back to it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I quit way too early, but yeah, it definitely is kind of a, kind of a geek thing. And, you know, I'm not just a geek in sports. I even wore the little star Wars shirt, ah, nice. but yeah, I definitely it, agree it, with it and see, to see some similarities. You need to catch our uh, star Wars podcast that Derek and I are part of with a third, with another oh, yeah. person. And our, the funny thing is our, our third chair on Wookiee radio is lives in Akron. Oh, really? And I believe is native to the area because he's a big uh, Browns fan and say Indians, but now it's Guardians. Which, eh. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, the Guardians. So Still don't like it. Um, yeah, we'll have to talk about David after show. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so outside of sports, since you're in- involved in it all the time, sort of like myself, it- it's odd that... For me, being in a entertainment-based podcast, even though I'm in the entertainment industry, but I think for me, which is why I'm excited to hear the show you and your dad are going to do in regards to sports, with y'all being in sports, oh, yeah, get that different aspect. Um, what what other types of fan? What type of stuff do you geek out about to get your escape from from the job and from the sports world? Um, I, well, I am a avid, huge Harry Potter fan. Um, Which I have all the books, uh, gotta go Gryffindor. I mean, I mean, you, you have mean, to, you mean you haven't gone on to wizarding world to, to get placed in your house. My girlfriend says the same thing. I haven't done that, but my girlfriend and I just watched all the movies again. I mean, we, okay. we're trying to do it once a year. She, she bought me the box set of all the books for um, Christmas. So I've been reading those. I've read those books like three or four times but I just enjoy them. That I guess is one of my escapes. I mean, I'm also watched all the star Wars movies, love star Wars. Are you, um, are you excited for bad batch coming out season three? I have not watched the first two seasons. I haven't, I've been slacking and all, you know, the, yeah. those type of things, like same thing with Marvel. I'm a huge Marvel fan, but I, they've kind of lost me a little bit. With the past I couple releases. I yeah, you're, you're not the only one. I mean, there's many people that feel that way. So yeah, I also, as you know, I run a Marvel podcast and it's, it's hard, you know, even being, you know, a 
podcast based around Marvel to to go try and keep up with it. But yeah, this is hard. It's just so many things happening at once. Like I was able, like I watched them in chronological order twice before Endgame came out and after Endgame came out. And there was never really a movie besides obviously the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, not No Way Home. That obviously I was so happy for. But like after that, it's just kind of, for me, just hasn't grasped my attention. Did you see the trailer for for uh, the next Deadpool movie? I saw some clips. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for that. I'll go see that. But I, my roommates was actually telling me that he's like, oh, you got to watch Loki season two because it ties into the TVA. And, well, and if I'm you, like, if, oh. you, if you've seen Loki season one, then you know what the TVA is. Yes. I've yeah. Seen Loki so season one. I mean, um, I, 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 mean I don't see where season at the moment until Deadpool comes out. I don't know how season two would tie into to the film. Well, every, the TVA. The TVA is all different now. And Loki's different now. Well, all 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 Loki season two did was prove was to help verify and open up that it, there's not one, just one TVA. There's multiple that each mm. each multiverse has its own TVA. Well, yeah, but it also did a little more than that. Yeah, it you know kind of completely changed Loki. Well, yeah, Loki becomes the new he who he who remains. I, I didn't want to spoil it, but <laughs> uh, it's been out long enough. Chris, <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll you know I'll watch it eventually. I'll get around to it. But Chris, yeah. alert, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, sorry, Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> The girl Travis Kelsey's dating? Yep. Oh, uh, he's going to get her really famous. Yeah, she'll be famous one day. <laughs> Still hard to believe she brought in more revenue NFL <laughs> than over half the teams in the NFL, mm. including the Chiefs. Exactly. It's I think it's that. I think it's good. I think it's good for the NFL. I mean, you're bringing a whole sure whole new demographic to your viewership but at the same time you know these swifties fans are spoiled like us browns fans are suffering year after year they become a a football fan of a team for one year and they're in the super bowl like it's not always like this right right yeah yeah but i i do and then then what about if they what if they ever break up then what do they not care about football anymore probably not but she'll have three new albums yeah she will um so with your geekdoms, who who's been an influence within your family uh, to get you involved in these different geekdoms? I mean, was your which I'm, I'm not talking about like the sports side of geekdom. Mm-hmm. Obviously, your dad was uh, my dad was an equipment manager. Of course, I'd be a super NFL junkie with whatever team he was working. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like Harry Potter or some of the other stuff. Uh, who who's who was the biggest influence for you to to express? You know, to be able to dive into your your geek side my mother was probably the one to you know push harry potter on me um you know first movie like i ever had and watched was harry potter and the philosopher's stone or sorcerer's stone whatever we call it but she bought me all the books when i was younger and you know didn't look back and me and her would always watch them together and i guess kind of formed my geekdom at a young age of harry potter and yeah, I haven't looked back since. Seen all the movies twenty to thirty times, and <laughs> read the books three times. But since since you mentioned Philosopher um, Stone, do you have a copy of, or do you have both Sorcerer Stone and Philosopher Stone? I just have the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay, but I don't have it on me right now. I had to lend it to a coworker because she also wanted to read. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Um, my daughter is a big Harry Potter fan. Um, mm-hmm. I've raised her right. She like my dad raised me. She's also a big Browns fan. Uh, my brother's okay. a Broncos fan, and she will lay smack talk on my brother and his wife when the Browns play the Broncos. Oh, I bet. Wasn't that good this year? Oh, I know. Wasn't that, that, that game erased from my memory? I I tried to warn her about it this year. It's like this is not the year to do it, kiddo. She did. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but we're trying to find a copy of Philosopher's Stone because the the only difference is the words <laughs> philosopher gets or sorcerer is was originally philosopher because of the way UK <laughs> censorship is. I guess you can't mm-hmm. use the term sorcerer over there. So yes. I think it's philosopher. Uh, 
Um, so the Philosopher's Stone would be the UK release of the book. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I want to get that for her, for her, for her. For her. Oh, that's a good idea. So um, now your has your dad gotten you involved in any type of geekdom outside of sports? Honestly, not really. I get he's never really been, you know, a geek about any of that stuff. Um, we're just, he's just the type of person just throw on a movie in front of him. He'll watch it. Mm-hmm. He'll complain about it. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't really, I mean, he'll watch Harry Potter, but he's, a, he always thinks it's like stupid and stuff. So <laughs> but what are his thoughts on Star Wars? Ah, uh, he likes some of the movies better than others. Okay. But well, he's, he's probably a diehard fan. You just don't know it. Maybe. I mean, he always told me about how he went to see a new hope in theaters. Okay, so he and I are close in age. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll talk after show. That way, <laughs> none of that's, you don't die. He doesn't need yep. a fighter to put a hit out on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> with with the different players and fighters, um, has there been any that you, know, with, that you have seen that, like, really? You're a geek? It's totally didn't expect. Because we know that the geekdom or the geek revolution is slowly creeping in everywhere, uh, including athletes. So one of the more obvious ones, I'd say Miles Garrett, he's a huge man, but he loves his geek stuff. He loves Star Wars, hmm. you know, Dungeons and Dragons, all that type of stuff. No, I can see him as a Dungeons and Dragons type guy. Yeah, he he definitely is that type of guy. Uh, I can't really think of any fighters I've dealt with, that, but Miles Garrett's just the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Just people. I like Miles even more. Oh yeah. So, um, Derek, any other questions? Sorry for dominating most of it tonight, Derek. Derek. Um. So what? What are you actually planning to do with with uh, this podcast? You're planning. What will, What will the content actually be? Um, the content will mostly include stories of both. You know, me and my dad's time with the Browns. Mm. Um, sports related things. Um. And then me and him just, you know, talking about the current world of sports and, you know, shouting out, I guess, people like equipment staffs or talking about all the things that equipment staff goes through and just getting more recognition for that type of stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. I I know a guy in the Cleveland area who y'all might want to try and get as, as a guest on the show. Oh, yeah? He's uh, the head equipment guy over at the Cleveland Monsters. Oh, there we go. So, actually, I know quite a few equipment managers in the NHL and minor leagues as well. So never We actually had a guy on our staff who worked with the Tampa Bay Lightning for a bit. Oh, really? Who was that? Mm-hmm. His name's Drake. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He worked with the Buccaneers for a bit, too. Uh, black gentleman, if I remember correctly. No. Okay, I'm thinking a different person. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there was a, a guy who was down here. It was a black gentleman. I thought his name was Drake. With the lightning that left to go up to uh, up north, work with the NFL team. I thought it was that was him. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, besides the UFC, is there any other? If you ever decide UFC, this is it, I want to expand. Would you want to go back into football or would you want to try and pursue on the other sports or, or would that be difficult to do? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I think my end goal, I've always wanted to be a commentator or an analyst of that sort. As for what sport, you know, I wouldn't even care which one it'd be. I have, I think I have good knowledge, basketball, football, obviously, and UFC. Um, but yeah, I feel like that is my end goal at some point. And I feel like making a podcast could, you know, you know, expand, expand my knowledge of researching and talking and just commentary in general. Definitely. Good, good, good way to build up a demo reel as well. Yeah, for Great, sure. Different interviews and, and um, mm-hmm. being able to carry on stuff. And plus what's good about me and my dad doing this is we both have so many connections we could use yeah. for guests of you know both sports well like i said uh need help with a few others or like the world of hockey let me know i definitely guys up oh, for sure i appreciate that so um but you know we've asked a lot of questions no okay i've asked a lot of questions derek's asked a couple <laughs> nature of tonight we're gonna flip the tables okay and chris you get a chance to ask us a couple questions 
Well, I guess the most obvious one is how did you guys get into the podcast world? What, what made what, what started you guys out? Uh, for me, considering Derek, you're now entering your eighth or ninth year on the show, which is hard to still believe that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, ninth, I think. Holy moly. <laughs> And, and the show itself started, even though we didn't have our first sh- first release until November 2012, we started, or I had started the website with my original co-host in August of 2012. So 11, mm-hmm. almost 12, 11 and a half years ago. Oh, wow. 11 and a half years. Um, it was originally, this show was um, a co-worker of mine and I just wanted to take conversations we were having at work and it's like, well, let's just put it on, let's just record it do it mm-hmm. and it's like eh, and he he was hesitant at first and then he um we both went to the first star wars convention that was here in orlando in 2010 that's when everything started and in 2012 we went in back here in orlando but in 2012 he also went to in his our ex-wife went to san diego comic-con mm-hmm. he's like remember the idea you had about or that we talked about with the podcast like, yeah i think we should do it now cool <laughs> Then he goes, I think we should start pushing and saying we're going to do it at Celebration. Cool. Then we need to come up with a name and we need to have a tentative date on when we're going to release our first show. And we got to stick to it because people are going to be waiting. And that's when we said, hey, we're going to release in November. So uh, he stayed with me until about March of 13 and then just dropped off. Uh, then I went to another co-host that lasted for a little bit, went to a third co-host. Um, we went for a couple years and then he was having some personal issues. Um, and we brought in, uh, Derek and one other, cause we had a, th- a third chair at the time. Well, she dropped off, the other guy dropped off and then just stayed Derek and I, and then wow. Derek and I, uh, because of another show that we had on as guests that we became really good friends with, uh, one of the hosts from that show is with Derek and I on our on Wookiee Radio, the Star Wars show. And then the other co-host became a co-host with me on Mighty Marvel. Oh, so, wow. Uh, and as a matter of fact, tonight's recording is episode 499 of We Be Geeks. Oh, wow. Almost there. Almost 500. There. 500 next week. So, and, uh, right. so, so now you're completely blowing my mind. I've been on for nine years. We're almost at 500. Yep. <laughs> uh, Mighty Marvel Geeks. This week we recorded uh, issue 444. We're close to 450 there. And then a lot, uh, of, a lot of podcasts. Wookie Radio is 331. Yep, 331. Wow. So, yeah, longevity. I've got one podcast that, that I do that's almost to 300. Yeah. And, and when you enjoy it, yeah. time flies. I mean, it's just like, you know, look at, you know, your regular job. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been with my job 26 years. Uh, I just hit 26 years a couple weeks ago uh, here at Walt wow. Disney World. And there's days it's like you hate every minute of it. You, you want to curse every minute of it. But there's other days it's like, wait, really? It's another year already? No. It's the same way with podcasting. And, and I think for, for us, that's how we got through COVID. Um, I know for me, it's how I got through COVID, you know, being furloughed and everything else. Thankfully, yeah. everyone else got, got to continue working. You know, well, Eric got to work from home, some of his stuff, but it was still. I had to keep working, but. Um, I, you know, the parks were shut down. What could we do? Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a rough time for sure. Yeah. And I know for, for you guys, it's like, what does the sports world do? <laughs> I mean, that, that was, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, NBA finished their, uh, their basketball season down here and what the championships were in August. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was crazy, and the NFL thing too with empty stadiums. That was kind of depressing as well. <laughs> oh yeah, can't imagine. So, um, Derek, what about you? I believe the question was, how did we get into podcasting? I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I well. So I had been a fan of podcasts for a while, and and I kind of always wanted to do one. But uh, then I met Mike through, how did we meet? I don't even remember now. Twitter, actually. Twitter, yeah. Somehow through Twitter. 
And which how you found us on Twitter, I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) I I, don't ask me. Um, That's a mystery for another day. (laughs) And then, um, and then uh, when he was when his co-hosts were were changing, um, he started off. He was looking for some new somebody to come on and be a new co-host, and I, I, you know, I said I'd do it with a. and uh, along with uh, another guy, Brett, who didn't end up, who didn't stick around. And uh, just, I started on this one. And then, you know, like I said, I wanted to do my own. So I, I actually have two of my own that I do. And then we started the the Wookiee Radio one. And now I do four podcasts. <laughs> yep. of course. Wow. How do, how do you guys fit that many in your schedule? Like, what does your schedule, I guess, look like on a weekly basis with working and everything? Uh, I usually work Tuesday through Saturdays when mm-hmm. I'm not on medical leave. Uh, and I have what's considered a mid shift at Disney. So I could be at work as late as nine fit. Well, normally be at work as late as nine fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on my work schedule, we adjust record times for the shows accordingly. If we can, if it means moving a day here or there to make things work, um, you know, we try. If not, then we just say, okay, we'll try next week. We'll, we'll see you how things lay out next week. But since I've been yeah. on medical leave, um, yeah, you've had plenty of time. <laughs> we've been able to to push back, uh, like Wookie Radio, um, because I know these guys have to be at work early. We've been able to push back to an earlier start time. Yeah, that's the other thing. So I work, I work a job. Uh, a Monday through Friday job, and it's seven in the morning until three thirty in the afternoon. So I got to get up kind of early. Um, so we, you know, we do like tonight. We do Friday nights. We be geeks. That's no problem. Um, I'm up anyway. Why not? Uh, so <laughs> doing. Um, and then for Wookie Radio, uh, we do that Wednesday nights. And I just had, you know, we just had to say that. Um, I got to get up early the next morning, so we do have to have a certain cutoff time, yeah. um, which we try to stick to as best as possible. Uh, and then, I'd say ninety ninety percent of the time we're able to hit it. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do a great now. Um, and then my other podcast, I just do on the weekends. Like I do a podcast with my my best friend uh, who I've known for four oh, forty something years now. Oh, wow. Ever since we were kids, and uh, we just we we do we do our podcast on usually on Saturday afternoons, and it's sadly it is now like the only time we really get to talk to each other. So yeah, so that's part of it too. That's you know, you just it's just like it's it's like um. Some people, you know, they'll come home from work and they'll sit in front of the TV or whatever, which that's fine if that's what you want to do uh, or whatever and or have other hobbies. And, you know, and, and we do this. Yeah, yep. I, 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 I need a hobby myself, too. That's why I was looking into that. Like, I'll go to the gym after work and then I'll just sit and play video games for a couple hours and then go to bed. That's, that's usually my plan. So I, I need another hobby that, you know, actually helps me. I mean, not that video games are wrong or anything. I still no, no, Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but see, I, I just got master, uh, halo master chief edition and I have yet to put any time on it yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, now I do have a fourth show that, well, I don't call it my show. It's my daughter's show. And I am one of her co-hosts. It's either she and I, or it's her and her best friends that do the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I edit it for her. I I help produce it for her. Um, but to, to be there kind of help get her started. And now they haven't done a, there there hasn't been a show done on it for a while. Um, because I don't want to push it. I I still want her to have fun. I still want her to, to enjoy it. And she's talking about, um, that's an important part yeah. to make sure, make sure you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like with us, I mean, for when we first started, it was like, even if I wasn't feeling good or, or Derek wasn't feeling good, it would be, let's still try and push through the show. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you feeling okay? No, I'm really having a crap. Cool. See you next week. Because gotcha. I, I know if, even, even though those times where we pushed in the past, we still had decent, still put out a decent show. I know yeah. if, if we're not feeling it, 
Right. Why? Why? Why push it? At this point in time, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to try and prod prod a show out of him, and he's not going to try and prod a show out of me if neither one of us are feeling good. Yeah, for sure. I our listeners are there. We we've done almost 500 shows. We've done almost 335 shows. Our listeners know. And we love our listeners. We do. We, For sure. we very much do. Um, any other questions? I guess what is your guys' favorite piece of, of uh, geek-related... Um, what's the word? I don't know. Geek-related thing. What are your guys' favorite geek-related movies or shows or anything of, like, of that nature? Oh, actual... F- <laughs> Like franchise or, or are we talking? Like yeah, merch? franchise. I guess which franchise do you guys both hold close to your heart? Go ahead, Derek. Well, um, I mean, obviously, since we do a podcast on it, I would say Star Wars, but is one. But I also love Marvel um, and DC, even though, you know, they haven't had as much success in movie wise. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, for I, feel sure. good, I feel good about the things I've heard that will be coming from DC. So. Hopefully they'll t- turn it around. Um, Blue Beetle was good. Uh, I think it started the DCU. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad was great. Peacemaker was was the amazing. It was a great series. Uh, way better than it had any right to be. But <laughs> um, also, I love like Transformers and and things like that. So that's the other thing. Like I, you know. It's 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 nice to have a variety of things that you love too. Mm-hmm. Makes things more interesting, I think. For me, the most influential uh, is Star Wars. It's because of Star Wars that I eventually became a, an audio engineer and got into the entertainment industry. And meet, to be able to meet Ben Burt, who was the sound designer for the first six films, of course, also did uh, Wally and a bunch of other stuff out there. But you know, the original six films of Star Wars. Uh, the the original trilogy and the prequel. Uh, I got to meet him at a Star Wars celebration, and to go from that celebrity fan dynamic to peer dynamic was mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. And then to run into him two years later, and for him to go, "You're the guy who worked at Disney, right?" <laughs> and, oh wow! And the difference between when I saw him in 2010 and then when I saw him in 2012 was the facial hair. Because in 2010, Disney was still at that all men must be clean shaven. Yeah. Or no, you were allowed a mustache, but I couldn't I couldn't do just a mustache. I so I stayed clean shaven. It was either clean shaven or a mustache. So I just stayed clean shaven. Then uh it was uh February 2012 is when um Disney said full facial hair and we were on our way to uh Athens Georgia area because uh, that's where my parents were living at the time to, to go do the naming ceremony for my daughter at my parents temple and it's like oh they said we could start growing facial hair but we have to go on vacation hey i'm going to be gone for 10 days oh yeah <laughs> But I don't leave for three for three more days. Screw it. I'm not shaving. <laughs> I, I, I cheated before I, before I went on vacation. I cheated on the growth, and, and I just let it grow during vacation. And uh, ever since, had had a goatee. And my daughter has seen pictures with me without the goatee. She was like, "Yeah, no, goatee stays." <laughs> <laughs> I keep threatening to, yeah, I- to to shave it. She's like, "No." Yeah, the one time I shaved off my facial hair. <laughs> After my wife had begged me to, the first thing she said was, "You can grow it back, right?" Oh my god! Well, when when Disney, I, I, I tried to grow a goatee myself too, and uh, it, my hair is blonde, so it really did not look good. And oh, I yeah. had I had Coach Stefanski call me out on it, and our OC just goes, put some milk on it, and have a cat lick it off. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when the coach the coach gives you gives you grief about it. Yeah, even even Baker's like, what what the hell is that on your on your chin? I'm just like, and then literally one after another, just bullets flying at me, just from Baker, then Stefanski, and then Van Pelt, just all ripping me apart. But it's funny you say 
Baker um, last season. Um, Zoe, we she she got her own bank account uh, with her own spending card. Uh, it's something that we started with our our bank. You now her allowance we deposit in her bank account. Um, even though Baker wasn't on the team last year. She got um, his color rush jersey. Mm-hmm. It was the second year of the color rush with no stripes. The practice, yeah, jersey. the one that looks like a practice jersey. Yeah, yeah, I know. What I'm um, about. She got it. Was able to get it in her size. It was on sale. She spent her own money to get it, the jersey because that's the number she likes to wear. And when understandable. If she was to customize a jersey with her own name, it would be the number six. Now I have a Baker jersey that's color rush with the stripes. So I got that through the team when, and of course, when I got that, there was no Chubb Jersey available. And then when mm-hmm. each time I've tried to get a Chubb Jersey that I thought was an authentic ended up being a Chinese knockoff. Oh yeah. Which those are about to go get burned. So I just, mm-hmm. but yeah, and now um, I was going to say what we were going to talk about earlier with fanatics, but the used to be, you could get a Browns Jersey off the team site or the online store with sewn name and numbers. Now everything's all heat pressed. Yeah. Yeah. No stitching. And now it's come out with baseball that the new jerk that even the players are not liking the new jerseys that they're going to be wearing this year, which even though they had the Nike name on it are being produced for Nike by fanatics. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. So when, when when the manufacturers do a uh, a big change like that, do the, do the players really notice right away, or, or are things tailored enough that it just doesn't matter? Um, they notice right away because, for example, when we went from Reebok to Nike in the NFL, the Nike jerseys were a whole lot tighter, and we literally. So when we tape their shoulder pads before games, so that way the jersey kind of sticks to their shoulder pads. Um, we have to use two people to physically like stretch out the shoulder pads and put them over a player because the jerseys are so tight, but I mean, it's obviously better that way because you can't really grab anything, but yeah, it's still wild. And they do notice some changes. Unless you're the chiefs in the Super Bowl. Exactly. (laughs) With the last two minutes left in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Any other questions that you got or uh... I got, I got one more. Okay. Perfect. What superhero? Okay, let me rephrase that. What superhero do you identify with the most? Both Marvel and DC. Oh, okay. Interesting. You want to go, Derek, or you want me to go? Oh, you can go first. Well, DC, they're not really heroes. One's a villain. The other one's kind of an anti-hero. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I love, I, I, DC-wise, I, I love Riddler. And I love Larfa, okay. which is the, the orange lantern. I think they're the two I really relate to the, the most from DC. Like, because you're greedy? You no, know, in many ways, yeah. I kind of have gotten greedy over the years. <laughs> Well, in a lot of years, and, and I do blame my brother for that too. So, <laughs> okay, um, yeah, it, it's. It, it, I would say, yeah, I, I do have a little bit of greed in me to some extent, more more than I should have, and, <laughs> and, and I can admit to that. I can admit to that now. Five years ago, no, I wouldn't admit to that. <laughs> um, Marvel wise, uh, I'm kind of torn between couple. I, I, I've been a Spider Man fan for years. Thanks. Um, I love Cap and the movies uh, just bring a different type of love. And then I've always, because of the wit and the, the sarcasm and everything else that comes with them, I also really enjoy and I feel I relate to a lot Cleveland's own Howard the Duck. Like it. Now, if we only knew if Howard was truly a, a Browns fan or not. I think if he's from Cleveland, chance, chances are, yeah. Well, that's where he came to. Came to was Cleveland where he was based out of came to the, to earth. Gotcha. So Eric, for me, um, I've always, uh, my favorite hero has always been Spider-Man because I definitely relate to him, uh, the most. And I could definitely, I could definitely see me being Peter Parker. If I was a, you know, if I was a superhero mm-hmm. with, uh, with all his, you know, his Parker luck and everything. Um, I could definitely see that me being him um you know and then sometimes you get really angry so you know you kind of associate with the hulk but (laughs) yeah but uh yeah spider-man's always been my favorite um and i guess if i 
if I had to go with DC, I would go with Booster Gold. Okay. Um, because he he's never really taken seriously as a hero, and um, and uh, he's kind of he kind of stumbled into being a hero. So I could definitely see that being me. Gotcha. What about you? Uh, Marvel. It's just Deadpool because I'm never really serious about everything, anything. Nice. So I always make jokes, but I'm like, I'm not, imma- I'm not like totally immature, but I-, I like to, you know, make fun out of every situation, I guess. So I kind of relate to him in that way. So you're the um, Spurs miles on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, but DC wise, I would say probably the flash. Mm. Just because I like Barry's whole character, I feel like that would be me. Like Derek was saying, you know, uh, you know, I always loved the Flash as a kid. I had, you know, all, all the shirts and watched all the cartoon shows, and well, you, you, you know, obviously Spider Man too. Like, well, you, you, that was very influential. You know, Flash does not surprise me either because you know when you talked earlier about going into criminal justice, and that's kind of what oh, yeah, doing. Right. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I can see that. And I really like the, as much as, you know, critics and people are torn on the new on the new Flash movie, I really enjoyed it. It, it wasn't bad. Um, I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It, it's for something that was one of the final Zack Snyder products, which I think he was just a producer credit for that. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and I, I still wasn't sold on Ezra Miller. Yeah, yeah. Especially with everything else that yeah. started to happen with him. I I wasn't either, but I think he actually did a decent job in in that movie. For 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 this being a Flashpoint type film, I think it did well. Even if this is his last role as Flash, which probably will be, he sets up whoever the new Flash is brilliantly. Mm-hmm. With, with, with how things are explained in, the, in this particular film. Sure. So, well, thank you, sir, for joining us. Uh, it was yep, thank you for having great. me. And uh, yeah. definitely we'll have to get you back in over on uh, Wookiee Radio to discuss either Acolyte or Bad Batch when those shows are, are done or wrap up. Yeah, for sure. You got to hold me to it to watch them. And then, uh, <laughs> who knows, maybe, maybe we see about getting Miles on the show, too. Oh yeah, I'll see what I can do. I would be shocked if we were able to make that happen, but Mm. who knows? He's that much of a geek, Star Wars geek. He may put us to shame. (laughs) Maybe. Um, (laughs) But until next time. So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.